I'm going to keep us on one theme for all these weeks, and it's the theme of discipleship. Right, the, the mission of Renaissance, if you're new with us or you're a visitor, you should know this. Our mission involves building up disciples. Okay, that's what we believe our church exists for. And a disciple, it raises the question, if, if we're going to build up disciples, what is a disciple? And this morning, that's what I want to answer by taking us to a story in the New Testament where we get to see Jesus. I had some advice that I should think about Jesus, and that's what I'm going to do with you, okay? Here's what you're going to see. You ready? A disciple is a person who does what Jesus says and then faces challenges because of doing what Jesus says. And then in that experience of facing challenges because they did what Jesus says, the disciple is someone who meets the presence of Jesus uniquely in that challenge, right? So if you... Say, I, I'm going to be a disciple who does what Jesus says. Listen now, you are going to face challenges because of it. It's easier not to follow him in many ways. But if you follow him and face that challenge, then what you will experience is the presence of Jesus will meet you uniquely in whatever challenge you face because you followed him. The story that is going to teach us is recounted in the gospel of Matthew, and it's a remarkable scene. Okay, it, 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 it pictures a moment where Jesus' followers are on the brink of absolute and utter destruction. They're on a boat out in the middle of the sea at nighttime, and there's a storm that's come up against them, and it seems to them the boat is about to sink. Now, I'm going to be dealing uh, with this story and your life in such a way that I'm going to ask you to see your own experience in the story have you ever felt like you were out lost at sea at night and a storm was coming up and it didn't feel like Jesus was anywhere to be found? Yes or no? So you're going to see yourself in this story. And before we take a look at the scene, uh, I'm going to tell you up front that it's up to you whether you're a disciple. You can just listen and do nothing about it. You're free to do that. If you choose to follow Jesus by doing what he says you will find yourself facing storms that feel like they're too much for you. And you will think all is lost. And it'll also seem to you that Jesus is not there. You're going to see this morning that he's with you if you follow him. Okay? You ready? I can't tell. Thank you. The story is recorded in Matthew chapter 14. And if you have a Bible, you should turn there. And if not, the text will be up here. Uh, on the day uh, that this uh, terrible experience happens for the disciples, on that very day, before they're out uh, on the sea at night, they were with Jesus uh, on, on the hillside by, beside the sea, and they were there with 10,000 people who had all gathered because they heard that Jesus was going to be there. Uh, people who had sick family members or friends had brought them to Jesus so he could heal them. Jesus had compassion on the crowds, and he healed many people that day. Here, use your imagination. Imagine you were one of Jesus' closest friends, and you got to see that happen all day long for people who were desperate. Can you imagine what it would be like to see him healing people? I would think, I am so thankful that I'm with this guy. Uh, the sun is setting. It's getting late in the afternoon. And, and now that Jesus has worked this miraculous healing, his friends come to him. They say, hey, Jesus, uh, it's getting late. The crowds are hungry. You need to send them away into the villages to get something to eat. And what Jesus does is surprising. He turns to the disciples and he says, we're not going to send them away. You are going to feed them. Uh, it's a gift, by the way, when a follower of Jesus feeds others. 
And they look at what they have. They've only got five loaves of bread and two fishes. Does some of you know this story? And Jesus says, listen, give me what you've got. And, and he, they do. And he says a prayer of blessing over what they give him. And then he, he, after he says amen, he says, all right, you distribute it. And they take the food to those 10,000 people and everyone eats and there are 12 baskets of leftovers. And now as the sun is setting, can you imagine how wonderful it would be to be with this guy? I wanna be his friend. I don't wanna leave him no matter what because he's the hero from all these people. And in that very moment, I want you to see what happens because it's got our first lesson for disciples. Look at what happens. This is Matthew 14, verse 22. Watch this. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. Well, you see what happened. In this moment, as the sun is setting, and these friends of Jesus are thinking, I want to stay next to this guy forever. He tells them, you are going to go down there without me. I'm going to go up there without you. And when I use my imagination and picture myself here, there is nothing that I would want more in this moment than to stay right beside Jesus and get all these other people out of here so that me and my friends can sit around a campfire with him and talk about how awesome he is. Wouldn't you want that too? And there's nothing that I would want less than to leave him and climb down the steep bank to the sea and get into a boat at night without him and go across in the water. But in this moment, in this moment, this is exactly what Jesus tells them they're going to do. And here is the first lesson about discipleship. And it's simple but it is profoundly important for every one of us to hear if we are going to grow as disciples. And it's this, being a disciple means leaving the shore when Jesus tells you to. Even, even though it's the very last thing that you want to do. Have you ever had Jesus tell you to do something and it's the last thing that you want to do? Yes or no? Some of you may not have had that experience, but anyone who sticks around Jesus will find that there are times when you want to stay here and he says, go there instead. And this is what's happening here. And, and discipleship, this is the lesson for us. Discipleship means hearing Jesus, but then doing what you hear. Not just hearing, but doing what you hear. It's not just deciding that you are going to follow, his, uh, follow Jesus. It's actually following him. Do you know that there's a difference between making it a decision to do something and then actually doing it? Yeah. When I was a young pastor, I was 10 times more enthusiastic than I am now. Can you, can you imagine that? It was frightening. And I would make a decision to do something because it seemed good to me. And then I would get very excited about it. I had a mentor very, very wise man. He was a businessman and a very accomplished person and a follower of Jesus. And he said, I'm going to mentor you. And one day I made this decision. We're going to start meeting with these high school students and these young adults for worship every Sunday. I was so excited and proud of myself. I announced it to him and he was completely unimpressed. He just stared at me blankly. And then he said, let me ask you a question, Christian. There were five frogs sitting on a log one of them decided to jump in the pond. How many frogs are on the log? Now, I studied physics in college. I had a lot of mathematics classes. I said to him, four. And he looked at me and he said, maybe. 
It depends. Deciding is not the same thing as jumping. And please now get this in your heart, right? Disciples are not just people who decide to follow Jesus, but they jump. And that means very plainly doing the thing that he tells you to do. When you want to stay with him and sit around the fire with just a few of you, and he says, no, I'm going to go that way. You're going that way. Being a disciple means going the way he says. And, and, and that's what we see so plainly at the start of this story. And we need to see it because many of us, and I include myself in this as well, we hear Jesus say all kinds of things to us. We decide that we agree, but then our actions don't follow. I'll give you an example. I know this. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens. Have you ever heard that text from Jesus where he says that? Right? And then I say, yes, that sounds good. But then I start to carry all kinds of burdens, and I don't actually come to Jesus with them. Being a disciple means deciding not only that I am, but then going to him and in prayer, picturing myself with Jesus there and all of the things that I personally am carrying and setting them down at his feet. That's what a disciple does. Here, Jesus goes on to say, you give me your burdens and I will give you a yoke to carry. My, my yoke is easy, right? And, and it's light. Take it from me. I say, that sounds good. To be a disciple means to wait there in prayer as I'm saying to Jesus, here are my burdens that I've been carrying. Take them from me. And then it means me saying, what's the task that you have for me? And then I wait until he gives it to me. And when he gives me that task, if I'm a disciple, I do that task. I don't just believe differently because of Jesus. I behave differently. And I'm telling you now that there are in numerous ways that he invites disciples in effect to get off the shore and get into the boat. And what you're responsible for, if you are going to be a follower of Jesus, is to listen with your ears and your heart open. And then if you're going to be his disciple, you've got to get off the shore and climb into whatever boat he tells you to get in. And now listen, this is what a disciple does. Now you, every one of you here, wherever you are in your discipleship, if you've been following Jesus for a long, long time, or you're not sure yet, I'm asking you right now to open your ears and your heart to what Jesus might be saying to you right now. now. I know that some of you are going to think, I'm not sure. I'm glad you're bringing this up, Pastor. I've been stuck because I don't know what Jesus wants me to do in my career or in this relationship, and I wish I knew. Are, are you feeling that, some of you? Okay, if you don't know, set that one aside for a moment. And I mean it, set it aside. Are there some things that he's telling you to do that you do know about where there's no question marks? I bet there are. I'm sure there are, okay? Maybe he's saying to you, and let your heart be open. Maybe he's saying to you, you need to forgive that person. You've been ignoring it. You need to forgive them. Now, that's the kind of thing he says. And when he says that, he wants disciples to do that, to do the forgiveness. Maybe he's saying to you, you need to hold on to that. Don't let go of it yet. That was wrong. You need to confront them. Maybe he's saying, it's time for you to be quiet and stop talking. Uh, maybe he's saying to you the opposite. Speak up, will you? You know I want you to say that. Go and say it to that person. Maybe he's saying to you, stop trying to be your child's best friend. Everyone else in the world can be their friend. You're the only one who can be their parent. Stand on the authority that I've given you and do what's right for your children, even though they won't like you. Oh, awesome. I'm glad someone said that. It's easier to say that when the kids are upstairs with the children's ministry people. Right? But, but do you hear? Maybe Jesus is saying that to you. 
Maybe he's saying to you, be generous. Don't just think about generosity or decide to be generous, but be generous like that, like that poor widow who threw everything in. Uh, let it go, he's saying. Strike out and finally take that step. Go in a new direction. Be brave and let that relationship begin. Be strong and end that relationship. Whatever it is, whatever it is, to be a disciple means when Jesus says, go down and get in that boat, you do it, trusting him. All right, take a deep breath for a moment and, and let whatever he's saying to you come to mind. Now, this story is specific. Remember, the thing that he's asking them to do, it's at least what I speculate, is the opposite of what they'd want to do, right? So imagine that, and then let's ask the question, what happens if you do what Jesus tells you to do? Well, according to this story, things get harder. Okay, watch this. This is what happens next, all right? This is the second half of verse 23. When evening came, Jesus was there alone, Remember, Jesus is up on the mountain by himself praying. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. A three descriptive clauses that depict the state of affairs for the boat and the disciples that are in it, and all three of them are exactly the opposite of what you want to be true when you are in a boat. Okay, and, and, and there you are on a sailboat out in the open water. The waves are battering the boat. That means all around them, there are threats and dangers that are frightening. Now, if that's the case, and you're in a boat, you want to be as close as possible to the harbor. But they are far away from land, which means not only are their immediate surroundings dangerous, their general location is the opposite of where you'd want to be. And the third thing, the wind is against them, which means it's only getting worse. Why are they there? Why are they in this terrible situation? Do you know what the answer is? Can you see it? Why? Help me out. Jesus told them to go there. They are in this difficult spot because they listened to Jesus. And here is a second lesson for everyone here who is ready to say, I think I am willing to grow as a disciple. It is that sometimes following Jesus makes things harder. If you get off the shore because Jesus said to, you will sometimes find yourself facing storms because you listened to him. And this is a very important lesson for us to accept for a number of reasons. First of all, we are absolutely addicted to comfort these days. Are you? Yes or no? I know I am. I just want to be comfortable. I want to go home, take off my shoes, lie down on the couch under six blankets and each one softer than the other. That's what I want to do. I want to be as comfortable as possible. And, 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 and the whole entire economy that's built up these days is to alleviate challenge. But if you are going to choose always to be addicted to comfort, and this is for me too, you will not be able to follow Jesus. You just won't. And that's why we need to pause here and see that discipleship often leads into, not away from, challenges. And, and here, I'm going to tell you why I'm so in earnest to tell you this this morning. Can you tell I'm a little revved up? There's a reason for it. Because if you are the kind who's inclined to avoid conflict and choose comfort, then you're never going to get on that wonderful adventure of following Jesus. And listen now, the world will lose the benefit that you personally uniquely bring to it when you follow Jesus with courage. 
and the world should not lose that benefit. That's the very first thing. This world that we live in is in desperate need. Our communities are, our neighborhoods are, the schools that you go to are, the place where you work, they're all in desperate. I mean, it is a desperate situation. And what they need is people who don't just say, I believe in Jesus, but who behave like followers of Jesus. And if you're afraid, and if challenge is gonna make you not go there, then the world is gonna miss out. That's the first thing. Here, the second thing is you also will miss out. And I like you. He doesn't even know me. I probably would like you. It's happened that every time I meet people that I don't know, I I find there's some gift that they bring. It's because God made every one of you. And you should experience the unique joy of getting off the shore into the boat and sailing right into the storm. You should. You know, the road that Jesus walked on was harder than the alternative roads. Did you know that? He said it to the disciples earlier in the Gospel of Matthew. He says, wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many are walking on it. What he meant was, look, it's not hard to find the wrong way to walk. Just look in the world around you. Almost everybody's walking on that road and it's a lot easier. And then he went on to say, but narrow is the road and the gate that leads to life and few walk on it. These guys were walking on it, and that road meant going into a storm, not away from a storm, and you should be brave enough, and I should too, and we should all together, to go on the narrow road, even though it's harder, and say no to the wide road values all around us that are going to tempt us to become absolutely nothing in building God's kingdom. That's what'll happen. Here, let me be specific, right? The wide road value of the world we live in, here it says this, put yourself first. Can you see that when you look at the world around us? That's the ethic. Every decision you make, how should you make it? Well, just figure out what benefits you the most, and that's what you should do. And and you should look out for number one. Jesus comes onto that road and says, hey, put others first. Become a servant. Don't seek to get, seek to give. Walk with me. Do you know how much harder it is to be other-centered than self-centered? If you're going to be a disciple, you got to join Jesus on that road. Here's another one that Jesus, this is another wide road value. It is the value of self-determination. It's like a mantra in our time. You are whoever you decide to be. It's up to you to choose your own identity. Uh, You're the one, you're number one in terms of deciding who you are and what your value is. And and that's an unquestioned value in our day. But then Jesus comes onto that road and says, hey, there is only one person in all of creation who has the authority to tell you who you are. And Jesus is that one. Only Jesus can tell you that. Do you know why we should listen to this? I'll tell you why. When you determine your own identity, you do a much worse job than Jesus does when he comes and tells you who you are. Or if you turn your identity over to the group that you've decided to care about and you say, well, you tell me who I am, they are gonna underestimate your value every time. And they're gonna lie about who you are for their own benefit. Jesus does the exact opposite. He comes and says, I purchased you when I died for you. You belong to me. You've never dreamed of how important you are and how valuable you are and how beloved you are. You let me tell you who you are. And it's a narrow road to walk on that road. It's much easier to follow your heart, whatever it tells you. Freedom means no restraint. That's another one, right? It's up to you to decide what's right and wrong. As long as you don't hurt anyone else, do whatever you feel like. Jesus comes onto that road and says, no, I am the Lord. And freedom comes only when you serve me and trust me and let me tell you what's what and walk with me. You live like that today and you are going to sail right into some storms rather than away from him. And so then here's a good question. Should you be a disciple then? 
And, and in my opinion, it's not a question that enough of us ask seriously. We just say, well, yeah, I've decided to be a, a disciple. And then we just stay on the log. But I'm telling you, you know I'm going to say this. You should jump off the log. You should be a disciple. But if you do, it's not going to be easier. In, in many times, it's going to be harder. Can you imagine in that boat, while the storm is tossing the boat, has anyone here ever been in a sailboat at night when there's a storm that comes up? Can you show me your hands? Not many of us have. I have been twice, but it was a boat that had a big motor on it, and I still thought that I was going to die. It was absolutely terrifying. But these guys are in that boat for hours, and I'm sure of it. If they were here this morning in the front row, they would maybe be tempted to turn around and say, don't listen to that guy. Don't listen to Jesus. That's how they felt in that boat because they knew they were there because they listened. The story doesn't end with the boat getting tossed by the storm. Some of you know it already. Let's go back and see our third lesson here. This is what happens next, okay? And this is in verse 25. And early in the morning, Jesus came walking toward them on the sea. Early in the morning there means right before the sun came up. It was hours of being in that storm. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. Uh, it's the scariest part of the challenge that they face because they listen to Jesus, and he is with them. Do you see that? Coming toward them on the water, walking on the waves that threaten them, and they can't see it yet, but he's there nonetheless. And this right here is a promise for what you should expect, what I should expect, what we should expect as a church if we decide to be disciples who get off the shore. And this is it. In every storm that comes because you listen to Jesus, Jesus will be there every single time. Please open your heart and take that in. You may not recognize him. You may think he's a ghost. Does that fascinate anyone else? Man, I'm fascinated by that. Ghosts? Ooh. <laughs> That's what they think. He's right there with them. I, I pause here to say, you might, you might say to me right now, but I did what Jesus told me to do. I'm in the storm. I don't see him. And it feels like they're, I'm terrified to death. That's what that me means to convey right there. They're terrified to death still, but he is there with them. And then watch what happens, verse 27. But immediately, and again, it's immediately, Jesus spoke to them and said, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. You, and I'm talking to you, you do not need to lose heart. You don't. Jesus is with you. There's absolutely no need to fear. Be courageous. Be confident. He is right here. And he will not let you sink. He's present. And this is the third lesson, and we have to take this to heart. If you face a storm because you follow Jesus, he will meet you in the storm. That's where he will be. If you hear him calling you, and inviting you quietly in your heart, prompting you forward on a road that is scary for you, and then you don't just decide, but you actually take the step into that challenge, you can be certain that he is walking right beside you, providing the support that you need for that road. You might not see him right away. He is there. That is a promise. If you take a risk because your shepherd 
told you, come on this road with me. And you get on the road and it's much more narrow and much more steep and much more rocky and you fall right down because of it. You can rest assured that he is there with you to pick you up and carry you on that road. It may be a long night on that road, but he's there to lift you up. Take heart. You do not need to be afraid. It is Jesus if you follow him. Now, you might say, look, I've tried to believe. I've, I've tried to look for him. I don't see him at all. Can I tell you, I think one of the reasons that many of us never experience the presence of Jesus is because we are too afraid to get off the shore. Jesus didn't meet them on the mountain where it would have been safe, just a few of them sitting around the campfire talking. He met them in the disaster. And I'm going to tell you, I've been following Jesus for decades. And it is 100% my experience that the times where I've recognized his presence most profoundly are the times when I was in real trouble because I listened to him. When I took a relationship risk that my mind said, you shouldn't really do this, but my heart said, no, Jesus is calling you Christian, do it. It's terrifying, do it. And I did it and it was horrible, but there was Jesus. Does anybody else have that experience? I need more than a, hmm. <laughs> thank you though, I, no disrespect. If you don't have that experience, it may simply be because you've been too afraid to take the risk, take it. He'll meet you there. Over and over again in, in my work as a pastor when I wanted it to be this way and I knew Jesus is calling it to be this way and I ignored Jesus. Do you know what happened then? I faced storms, but he wasn't there. He was down that way saying, as soon as you leave that storm that you created and follow me into this other storm, then you'll see that I'm, I'm with you. And by the way, that's one way to tell the story of me leaving Red Bank coming up to Renaissance. I am so thankful I did that. I'm so glad I entered into this new storm. And, and storms where Jesus is present are good. And what we need, if we're going to be disciples who follow Jesus, is to step forward into the challenges. Now, I don't know exactly what it is for you. And I think that it's likely that there isn't a single person around you who has the potential to know what Jesus is calling you to as much as you personally do. And that's because Jesus is not a program. He's not. He's not a religious sort of structure that you need a religious guy to tell you what to do. He is alive and he's coming to you on the storm. And the question is, will you open your ears and your heart to him? Please do it. That's what I'm pleading with you to do to open your ears and your heart to whatever the Lord Jesus is saying to you personally. And it might seem to you that it's small. Do it, right? It might be that Jesus says to you, look, be courageous and, and go initiate that friendship, repair that friendship, or uh, be courageous enough to go and end that relationship. It's only hurting you. And you know that's what I'm calling you to. Who knows what it is? Open your ears and your heart, right? Have faith, he might be saying to you. Let it go. Stop being so resentful. Uh, please, open your heart to whatever it is. And then, listen now, if it involves taking a big risk and a big challenge, do it. Don't just believe it or think it. Do it. Whatever he says. When that means going into a storm, you will discover that he is there. You will. He will be there on the water to meet you every time coming to you on the waves. If not, maybe you got yourself into that storm. But if, if it's his call, you'll find him. And, and listen, let's be brave. I'm asking you to join me in this. Me, you, all of us as Renaissance Church, let's be brave enough to get off the shore and into whatever boat 
Jesus calls us to. Will you do that? Okay, then I can stop. (laughs) Next, you know there's more to the story. Does anybody know that? Okay, we'll see that next week about how Jesus invites Peter to get out of the boat. And and I'm going to challenge you again next week, okay? But for now, let's pray and ask God to help us hear what Jesus is calling us to and then to give us the courage to be the people who do it. God, I thank you more than anything else that there is nothing which you call us to which is not at bottom an act of love. And that because you have loved us first. I thank you that the truest thing about every one of us is that you love us and that you invite us to receive that love and then pass it along to others in your name. I thank you that you've given us the scriptures through which you encounter us again. And I thank you for the way you've encountered us this morning through this scene in which you send the disciples into the storm and then meet them there. I know enough from my own experience, God, that many of us are aware of the little steps that you're calling us to take, or even big steps that will mean moving off the shore into challenge. My simple prayer is that each of us would open our hearts to whatever that challenge is, and then we would be courageous to get in the boat and push off. And then I ask for eyes to see through the storm, through our fears and the things that cause us to be dread, uh, be filled with dread, to see your presence walking toward us on the waves. I thank you for this church, for Renaissance Church, what a gift it is to me, my family, uh, for the ways that you've helped me grow as you've called me to this place. I thank you for what's ahead of us as a church. So exciting. But this morning, I ask simply that we would have hearts that are open to you and that we would hear and then do what you say to us. And I ask for this in Jesus' name, who comes to us every time. In his name we pray, amen.